The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos are actually excellent at climbing trees? One direction. The problem is they can't climb back down, so they're usually avoided. If you do find an armadillo stuck in a tree, the only way to get him back down is to put another tree next to it upside down so he can climb back down again. (laughs) (laughs) For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 19 through 23 of The Gathering Storm, book 12 of The Wheel of Time. Last time. Previously, Cad Swain and Sorolay are together again and top the charts as the duo most likely to ruin a dragon's day. They succeed in breaking Semiraj through the power of spankings and public humiliation. <laughs> Rand has another spooky hell dream where he gets to chat it up with his arch nemesis. They talk about the usual stuff, you know, the inevitable destruction of reality, the comparative advantages of balefire killing, that kind of thing. He also has a chat with Min about his head wizard and how destroying the Dark One's prison might offer some surprising benefits. We also learn that Rand's got another Shan-Chan meeting. Will it be Tuan? Will it be Forsaken? Only one way to find out. Egwene's clandestine campaign... He better get it right this time. He's running out of hands. I know, he's getting a little (laughs) short on hands. A little short-handed. <laughs> He's a little short-handed. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. No, I don't get it. Can you explain it? I'll explain it after the podcast. All right. Egwene's right. <laughs> <laughs> clandestine campaign against Elida becomes a lot less clandestine when a fancy dinner party becomes a violent public beating. Perrin is itching to join up with Rand for some hot wolf and dragon bro time, but he just can't get those 100,000 refugees to stop following him and trying to make him their king. Guys, stop it. I'm just a blacksmith. We close out with a swan chapter where we witness Lelaine making a power play, likely in pursuit of taking the Armalyn seat. So I guess at that point we'd have three Armalyns. I feel like there's a sitcom potential in here somewhere, right? Like the three Armalyns? I don't know. <laughs> chapter 19, Gambits, icon of the Shanshan. So Tuan reflects on how the Shanshan will bring order and uh, how important her, her rule of being the empress is to the world because she's going to bring order and make everything better. But also about the massive turd burger of the situation she's in. Because like she's like, you know, she's got this empire she's inherited. And we say empire, but with the Shanshan homeland on fire and a faction still trying to kill her, her empire is about the size of the city that she's currently occupying. <laughs> and that might actually be a little dodgy right now. Yeah, she, she talks about how they're, they're going to clean out the Rahad here in Ibudar. What does that mean? Well, are they going to bulldoze it? What are you? There's a bunch of poor people. What are you probably. Gonna do with them? Well, I, I mean, she mentioned that that she's fine with poor people as long as they aren't committing crimes. So, so she's going to let them starve. Uh, what, what does this mean? Yeah, I mean, martial law. Yeah, I mean, soldiers. But that doesn't work if they if people are just poor and can't have can't afford anything to eat, right? Well, I mean, I think that I think that Shanshan feed them, right? That they, they, they have uh, feeding, you know, soup kitchens essentially, right? So it's just socialism. Yeah, Sean Chan's uh, this empire of socialism. <laughs> she's holding court with uh, for Beslan, right? Yeah, Tuan is. She's concerned in her thoughts about uh, the power struggle that she might be in here and the power struggle that's going on overseas. And she thinks about her situation. Um, she says she believes that she's supposed to represent order to the people of 
this country. And she brought a whole shitload of order with her army of fucking colonists yeah. that she landed and killed all of their leadership. I mean, I guess that's kind of order, right? Her head is so far up her butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she's having, she's holding court and she meets with Beslan. Son of Thailand. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I totally thought that guy was going to get himself killed, and he almost does. Yeah, but like the, a couple of words, right? Yeah, that's all it would have taken. Do you but, think he made the right decision? Um, well, for himself or for the world? For himself. For himself, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if he's going to continue the rebellion, the right answer is to tell because, her, "Yes, I'll definitely join because, up." Yeah. What happens here is that they, he, he's. Talking rebellion, and she found out about it because the Shanshan have magical fascist powers. And she tells him, well, actually, I, but I need you to, I, you know, I don't want to kill you. I need you. I want you to be on my side like your mom was. And he's like, yeah, okay. And she says, I'm going to raise you to be one of the blood and also pick 20 people. I'll raise them to be blood too. She co-ops him. Yeah. Right? It's I mean, like he, before this, he was talking about, you know, the freedom of Ibudari people, right? And she's all like, well, what does freedom even mean? Why don't you just have them not be free, but you're in charge? And he's like, that sounds good. Well, I mean, like, yes and no, right? Like, what she's saying is essentially the Shanshan Empire is going to be hands off in Ibadar, right? He's like, she's Except like. Except for the people that they enslave. Yeah, but like, they, yeah, but, well, <laughs> generally that can't happen to just anyone. I think she even tells him that I can't do that without your permission. Well, she says that. Yeah, well. But she also says, my word is law, my word beats yours. And also, she's enslaved a whole bunch of people so far in Ibudar. Well, that's true. I, I also clearly you see that I am. You see where I am on this discussion. Right? No, I, I mean I, I get it. And and uh, but this is this is definitely like one hundred percent smoother than Suroth was. Well, and that's that's the thing. Tuan even mentions that she's taken this new tack because of her conversations with uh, uh, what was it, Satel Anon? Anon, yeah, Satel Anon, uh, while traveling with Matt. So. She's changing her, her approach, yeah. I think it's clever. This is a thing that the, the British Empire used to do, the Roman Empire used to do, most empires used to do when they would conquer a place is they would basically start paying the local nobility or some faction of the local nobility and support them and have them kill all the other ones. Yeah. And then those, but then those people don't have enough power to stand up on their own, so they're dependent on the empire. Uh, you basically outsource the oppression to the local people. Yeah. And that's what she's doing here. Create a, create a vassal state. Right. And, and well, I mean, well, a, a vassal state in a vassal state, the empire has responsibility to the state, right? In some way, this is uh, an imperial tributary, which is like an extractive colonial mechanism. Well, I mean, she she does say that that uh, she, well, I mean, she gives him a bunch of paperwork to basically say like crime is crime is down, people are less less hungry, like we're feeding people. Like, I mean, except for the crime of slavery. I, I mean, I don't. Which is you, way up. You know, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I'm hoping that's going to be. It's whatever she defines as a crime, right? Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, either way, I think Tuan handles test, uh, Beslan very well. She totally does. Yeah. Which yeah. you know, it makes sense. It's what she's trained her whole life for, right? Yeah. And then she meets with Galgan, that general guy, and they uh, they decide basically together that they're going to stay here and not go home and get involved in that big fun civil war that everybody's having. Which Galgan thinks is the right move, and I. I think it's probably the right move for them because they can, you can't fight a, a war on two fronts, especially across an ocean. So yeah. they got to they got to figure out what's going on here first. I think the right move is just to wait a year or two until like it dies down there, and then go in and mop it up. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think you're right. But let all the people kill kill each other, and then you can kill who's left. Right. And then uh, General Yulan presents a plan to execute an air assault on the White Tower. Yeah, this is. Uh, I, I actually kind of love this scene the way that they were discussing it because. 
it was structured in kind of a funny way. Tuan was never talking, right? But Seleucia her was her her voice. Yeah. And I guess she's doing like hand signals the whole time. So yeah. she would say like Seleucia was it voiced or something like that. This it was like, oh that's kinda of, it's just kinda of funny, you know? Yeah. Um the, the and I like their truth speaker too. Yeah. 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 Which I guess Seleucia is also that. She's she's both her voice and her truth speaker. Yeah. Dude. Which the person is allowed to say shit to her uh, and tell her she's wrong. Which is good. That's a good thing to have around when you're, you know, the queen of a slaver society. Yeah. Uh, the, the plan to attack the White Tower, which seems likely to occur given Egwene's dream. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm on board with this plan, which is land 500 dudes against the White Tower, which is full of channelers who can channel to defend themselves. Yeah, but they, they, they're not going to just go in... Like, what they're sending are are gorillas, right? Like, like they're not sending in, like, people with, you know, screaming swords. And they're going to go in at night. They're going to sneak in and collar a bunch of... They're, they're sending in Suldama. They're going to collar a bunch of sisters who are sleeping, right? And then just take them out. Yeah, but, like, they're not going to wake up when the people run in and start putting collars on them and everybody's screaming? I mean, I don't know. Once you put a collar on someone, they don't scream anymore, right? Well, they scream at first. It, it does. It only takes one scream to wake up the person in the bed next to you. Well, right? That's true, I suppose so. But I, I don't know. Wayne's dream says it's going to work. Either they're, way, this would be also, a devastating attack. I think. Yeah, I, I think so. Either they're also going to leave behind some blood knives. <laughs> yeah. Have we actually heard about these before? No. Oh, no yeah. Okay. Not. I, I, I like, feel like I would remember that, right? I, I want to be like, like talk to Brandon Sanderson. Like, okay, never mind about the other story. Let's hear about these blood knives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so what? So what we know about the blood knives is they don't come back. They're meant to stay behind. Yeah. And they're meant to like cause as much havoc as possible, right? Right. So they're yeah. just like, I, I guess they're in, like what suicide suicide spies or something like that. Attackers, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool name, and uh, yeah, sounds sounds yeah awesome. I want to know more, right? Please tell me more. Right, but then before they give a yay or nay on that attack, the Kirgan, that Sky Captain comes in with a bunch of Trolloc heads, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah wait, wait, was it Kirgan or Ty- I think it was Tylee, right? Tylee Kirgan. Oh, what's that? Oh, I don't even know her. I'm calling her by last name because Shanshan Slaver is no friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> fair, en- fair enough. <laughs> Shanshan Slaver, Kirgan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shows up with. A- Apparently, she survived that ambush, which you know she's kind of a badass. So I guess yeah, that was going to happen. Cool. Um, and, yeah, and the Trollocs surprise everybody because they didn't think that was real. Yeah. And uh, she she essentially tells Tuan we shouldn't be fighting this fight. We should be fighting these guys, right? Right. Yeah. Which what what we've known for the whole time. Yeah. And and that it it gets through to Tuan, and she's like, okay, maybe we shouldn't just fight, man. Maybe I should meet with the Dragon Reborn. Which again, I think this is this. I, I, and again, I don't I don't like Tuan particularly because she is a slaver and so on. But I think this speaks well to Tuan that this random person telling her this thing can change her mind, right? And Seleucia. I I mean. Okay, so you're right th- that she handled this well, but this I would expect this base level of competence from anybody. Right? You know, we've seen a lot of rulers who... Like, like would, here, here's the severed head of a supernatural creature. Does this change your plans for what you want to do military-wise? But the Shanshan, like, rigid hierarchy, normally someone like this wouldn't even be allowed to, like, present an idea, right? Oh, I'm just, I, I think this Shanshan do completely suck. I'm just not giving credit to Tuan for not sucking as much as the rest of them. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But she also misses Matt. Oh, yeah. I wish he was here. Yeah, I, I mean, want him back. She's a, I don't know. Yeah, she, she, she likes Matt, right? I mean, she, there's the whole like prophecy thing, but she really enjoyed traveling with him. And also, Matt's a good time. Matt's a real good time, right? Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, I bet I bet she had the best time of her life with Matt. And now she's back in her you know mundane Sean Chan Empress uh, world, and she's like everything's boring, you know. You know. <laughs> 
want to go? I want to go to a hell or whatever. <gasps> Chapter twenty, on a broken road, I kind of the dice. So Matt and his band are traveling. Uh, Matt is pontificating at length about women. <laughs> I laughed out loud yeah. several times. His, that, like this, this allegory that he's created. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's horses and dice in there, you know, because it's Matt. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Uh, and and Talmanis is just like listening to him. Like, Talmanis is such a bro, right? Yeah. He's like, okay. All right. Sure, like, sure, yeah. Matt. Yeah, man. Yeah, Did I mention point. the thing about the dice? Yeah, you mentioned the thing about the dice. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Tell me more, Matt. <laughs> yeah. And I like that. I like that relationship between Talmanis and, and Matt. Uh, Vannon returns. Uh, Matt takes some time to think about how fat Vannon is. I know. He's really mean the way he thinks about Vannon. He's so fat. How can he ride a horse so well? Because he's so fat and clumsy (laughs) He looks like an egg with his legs sticking outside. Yeah, it was mean. Yeah. Later on, he actually does the same thing. He does it again. He he also burns Ulver again, too. He's like the ugliest kid I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Oh, man. Rag on this 11-year-old some more. (laughs) 11-year-old orphan. (laughs) Yeah, but they're they're lost in the uh, mountains, you know. Um, Vanna's got a map, but the thing about maps is they're only useful if you already know where you are. That's true, yeah. You know? And uh, they don't know where they are. <laughs> yes, he's trying to figure out what what, the, what mountain that is actually over there. Yeah. But they're but, heading to Camelin. The Aes Sedai are getting anxious, and they, they attempt to dicker with, about horses with Matt to get some horses from him. That does not go well. No. Yeah, he's like, nah, we're good. Uh, it's funny because... You know, they're trying to kind of bully Matt over supplies, but none of that works when you can't uh, use magical violence on someone. So he's just like, no, <laughs> what are you going to do about it, you know? Uh, so yeah, shit like that doesn't work on someone who can't be magically violent. Yep. And uh, Matt is, he's still upset about the two-on situation and he's kind of on edge and he's getting worried about food because, you know, there's going to be a famine. Everybody can see there's a famine coming along and he has to feed X thousands of guys. Yeah, this is something I've been thinking about a lot, actually, throughout the the series uh, up until this point, especially in the more recent books, because they had that uh, that horrible uh, nonstop summer, right, where everything was mm-hmm. dying. Yeah, and then they fixed that, uh, and you know they had weather, but still nothing's growing. So how long has it been since anyone's had good crops? Like, yeah, a it's long been time, months at least. And I feel like in this type of world, there's a Usually the amount of food they produce is pretty much exactly the amount of food they consume. There's not a lot of surplus. So mm-hmm. if you disrupt that even a little bit, there's famine. Yeah, I know Rand is moving supplies around for all these people and spending a whole lot of money doing it. But like that only works when there's actual food. And yeah. I, it feels like they're going to hit a point where there's no food anymore. And then I don't know what happens. I guess everyone dies. People are going to start yeah. starving soon is I guess what I'm right. saying. Yep. There are, there are a couple of uh, quotes that I wanted to, to, to share here just because I was also enjoying the whole Telmanis <laughs> Matt thing. Um, <laughs> let's see. So Matt asked him, uh, do you ever consider marrying a woman? You know, marrying someone sometime. He said, no, thank the light. Uh, I mean, it wasn't right for me at the time, Matt, but I'm certain it's going to work out fine for you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, huh, okay. Uh, so kind of digging at Matt. Uh, and then there's another one. Um, yeah, where Matt says, I'm not giving up gambling or drinking. Uh, so I believe you've told me three or four times so far. I, I half believe that if I were to peek into your tent at night, I'd find you mumbling it in your sleep. I'm going to keep bloody gambling, bloody, bloody, ga- bloody gambling and drinking, bloody drinking. Where's my bloody drink? Anyone want to gamble for it? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, menace. It's getting sassy. Oh, I love it. It made me very happy. 
Yeah, I like the bit where, where Matt was like, I'm not going to get soft just because I'm married. And Talmanis is like, oh, no, no, you don't get soft when you get married. You get boring when you get married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, might have, in this one chapter, it might have become one of my favorite, uh, yeah. favorite side characters. So they camp near a village, and Matt heads in with some kind of plan to resupply. Some kind of plan that involved dice, like are you I just gonna cheat these people. That is, yeah, my, yeah it, that's exactly the impression I got. I, was, I felt not not great about that. Like these aren't noble people, right? He's gonna go in and take all their food and then take all their money yeah. and then leave. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, Matt. <laughs> Chapter twenty-one: Embers and Ash, Icon of a Wolf. Perrin is in the Wolf Dream. Yeah, suspended in midair, which I guess would be uh, disorienting. Yeah. But he's used to it. Yeah. And luckily, Hopper is there to laugh at him. <laughs> yeah. Just jump, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, but of course, he doesn't say dumbass. He says, he sends the image of a person who can't understand the most obvious thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just an ash with like a question mark over its head. <laughs> and yeah, Hopper helps him out and they have a little chat. Hopper um, wants him to wolf party 24-7. But parents are like, look, I've got grown-up responsibilities now, man. Right, yeah. Not all of us can be dead, Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> but teach me how to be a badass in the wolf stream. And Hopper's like, meh. If you're not here to party, you're killing our vibe, dude. <laughs> uh, I noticed it is storming in the Wolf Dream, too. Oh, yeah. And usually the weather's all different, all, all over the place in so the this, Wolf Dream. So this storm is not always metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There must be something supernatural about these storm clouds. You think this is the storm that Nynaeve is sensing? Uh, you yeah. know, it just might be. <laughs> <laughs> might be related. So, Is it a storm gathering? Uh, you know... That would make a lot of sense, actually. Mm. Wait. Oh, you think that's what the title's about? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a storm of gathering. Like, people would be gathering stuff up. Like, Yeah. Oh, it's a gathering storm. We're having a gathering storm. <laughs> uh, so Perrin wants to learn how to control the wolf form. And Hopper's like, nah, it doesn't work like that, bro. He's got to come be wolfy with us. And Perrin's like, okay, bye. No, he's like, I'm going to go find some other wolves to teach me. And yeah. Hopper's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a, a wolf boot, which I assume is like a little wolf foot, like kicking him. Yeah. <laughs> and so they cut to Fahil, who's lying in bed with Perrin. Uh, it seems like their marital affairs have gotten back on track. That's nice. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> uh, but he, was just, he just won't sleep, you know? Fahil's trying to, clearly trying to sneak out. Yeah, he keeps waking up. Yeah. yeah he wakes up and the first words out of her mouth were like, I didn't sleep with that other chick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, I know. I, I know. Yeah. I, I'm glad they got that settled though. Cause like, I, honestly, that was something I was concerned about as the yeah. reader. Like, are they going to fight over this bullshit? Like, you know, it's like, and, like, and finally I was like, yeah, I know it took me a year to get you in the sack and I had to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did she say? Like Berlin, Berlin couldn't handle you or something like that. I was like, yeah. Okay. That's, that's good. I'm glad they got out in the open. And they, they also talk about uh, what Perrin is concerned might have happened to Fahil. And she's like, nothing happened. It's cool. Whatever. You know? yeah. Right. Which is sort of a lie. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. We're not going to talk about all these guys you murdered. She also mentions that she's planning an argument, which I was I was just like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I don't know what, like, we don't know what it's about, but I know I'm not going to like that part. <laughs> Whatever that means. Fine. It's probably more Lord crap. Uh, yeah, probably. She wants Lord Perrin Golden Eyes. She doesn't want Perrin the blacksmith. Yeah, because the hammer is heavier than the axe or whatever. Right, which Wait. is lighter than a mountain. Right. Or a feather. Yeah, feather is lighter. It's like, in order, <laughs> mountain, hammer, axe, feather, I believe. Wait, no. Is Wait, it, death. And death. Yeah, yeah. death is, death <laughs> is lighter <laughs> than a feather. Yeah. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah. And Fayil then muses about how the little people need her and... 
the nobility so much, they'd just be lost without the nobility for a while. Uh-huh. And then she sneaks out and meets with Bane and Shiad and some of her other bros from captivity. I think it's funny that it, so I don't I don't I can't tell if they're they're joking or not, but they said that Gaul accidentally killed the person who was their 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 uh, owner. I mean, I th- like quote unquote accidentally because he car- he killed. 12 people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just got around to killing the right guy. I don't yeah, know. I know right? Is that the plan? It's yeah. going to kill every shadow he sees until he can take his girlfriend home? Yeah. Uh, well, either way, now he has both Bane and she had his guy Shane. Right. Uh, and it's hard to tell if he's like, like, he would be like happy or upset about that because, you know, Bane and Chiad, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah. wait, wait, is it Bane that he likes or is it Chiad? It's Chiad. It's Chiad that he likes? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Bane? Oh, no, wait. Bane and Chiad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess overall it's a happy outcome. Yeah, I, I think so because they're they're they're, they're going to be tight. Yeah, they, I mean you, they you have, have to a be, relationship right? with Guy Shane, right? Yeah, like, that's not against the rules. Yep, that's right. And then Fail and Aliandra and Lasile and Arella, who are the captive team, they have a little ceremony to remember the the Shido friends they made in captivity that they killed. Murdered. Yeah, it's kind of a secret funeral, I guess. Which yeah, the least they could do for murdering those people that saved their lives and kept them yeah. safe and all this stuff. I like the bit where Fael reassures Arella, uh, like, don't don't worry, like for a for an Aiel death in battle is an honorable thing. They wouldn't be upset. And then she thinks, oh yeah, Arella was sleeping with that guy and she stabbed him in the back. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Uh, yeah, I, I, I suspect that she had some complex feelings about that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, she, she kind of liked Roland. Roland seemed like an all right guy. I mean, you know, he didn't, he didn't do anything bad and he was like, he seemed like he was really into her, like as a person, you know? Yeah. He, it's not Fail or anybody's fault that his face was in the way of Perrin's hammer. Yeah. <laughs> so then it's kind of a sad scene. Yeah, it is. It is. It, but but it, it is a nice little ceremony, I think, considering the circumstances. They we did a pretty nice little thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that they addressed the 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 trauma. You know, instead of just file being like, "Eh, I'm over it. It's done." Like, it's nice that they had some sort of acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah, because I was kind of concerned that we would never hear about that again. <laughs> you know, when it happened. Yeah. Then then uh, back to Perrin, who's decided to face his problems. Which was not making decisions. Now he's going to make decisions. Yeah. I but not so. yet. Like, he's going to think about it first and then make decisions. <laughs> right. yeah. He's not going to make decisions right now, but he's decided he's that decided. he's going to start thinking about making decisions. <laughs> we also have the most prosaic, prosaic thing ever. He's like, oh, where's Fael? Eh, she's probably taking a poop. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Married life. You know, I mean, you know, it's cool, cool for him to, to not be, not freak out about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 22, the last that could be done. So, Simirhaj is sitting in her cell, uh, crying, because she's been broken by Cat Swain's spanking. Just thinking about how everything in this age is bullshit, and she hates it. <laughs> this age sucks. Yeah. And uh, then she's a sh- surprise visit. Shida Haran. Yeah, hey. everyone's favorite tall mirror Yeah, you know, every time this, this, this guy shows up, it tends to be bad news. And in this case, I was like, okay, Simraj is going to get murked right here and now. But he's like, no, you know, it's it's cool. Uh, Simraj seems to have lucked out, you know. He, Shida Haran's like, you get one more chance. Sets her free, gives her the the male Adam, and gives her a little flunky to take with her, right? Yeah, Elza, that, that I said I, buddy. Yeah, sounds like Simraj turned on some cheat codes somewhere because suddenly things are looking real good for her. Yeah, that was kind of out of nowhere and bullshit. You think so? Yeah. That the, the Shida Harung just came in free. Yeah, her? apparently just, you know, nothing matters. Well, I yeah, mean. Like, this is, he's in the house where Rand is. So if he wants Rand to be captured, why doesn't he do it? 
Well, we can talk about why, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We like, find out why. Because um, he doesn't want to get Bell fired? No. Well, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. And also, like, I, I was wondering, who was it that put the compulsion on Elsa? That, that w- we know who that was. That was Virit. Remember, she was doing the thing. She mentions that she had a trick that she was doing with all the women she interrogated. Well, and that's thought, why they swore. I thought there was a specific compulsion that would just happened just now to go free Semirhaj. Uh, no, no. Elza was Black Aja all along. She oh, was, I know she was, but I oh. thought also, I thought, I just thought the impression was, because she says like, when she frees Simmerhaus, she's like, I'm instructed to tell you to take this, take this, uh, compulsion off of me. And Varen didn't instruct her that. Somebody else did that, right? Right. That was the Dark One. That was the, so the Dark One, I think she even says it. The Dark One told her to tell Simmerhaus to remove Okay, remove the compulsion that Viren put on her so that she would follow the dragon. But not the compulsion to tell her, the other compulsion. Yeah, there wasn't, there, that wasn't a compulsion, that was just a command. She does what the Dark One says, because she's Black Asha. Because oh, okay. remember, it, it, we have a couple of, you know, mini sub-chapters from her perspective where she's thinking, she's still evil in Black Asha, she's trying to get Ran to the, the final battle so he can lose. That's like why she's <laughs> helping him get to the end. Uh, right. So this, the compulsion was just so she could actually do whatever. Ah, I see. Um, so yeah, the, the, her captors are taken out and Semirhaj is free. Yeah. Then we cut to Rand, who is inspecting the blight with Iteralde and Bashir. <laughs> yeah. Showing his newest great captain, his new post, yeah. which is holding the borderlands against the, against the blight, which is not necessarily the cushiest job position you can get. Yeah, you he, know? Was, he was just doing like this really cool last stand thing, you know, for the honor of his nation and it was glorious and stuff. You really want me to just patrol the shitlands? Yeah. <laughs> And fight a bunch of, like, nightmare creatures that come across. Yeah. Really? I mean, I don't know. It's like, why don't, why don't you get the guy that lives here to patrol the ship? Yeah, because I could just go right back to Arad Deman. It's and, not a big deal. I don't mind. And Randy's like, no, no, no he's got to take care of Arad Deman. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, it sounds a little crazy. But but Rand's this, reasoning is actually pretty good, this, right? This is another British Empire, Roman Empire thing. They, they would do this all the time, where they would get, like, an army from one of their provinces and send it to one of the other provinces where they had no connections. Uh, and use it to oppress them. Yeah, they, I mean, they would move people around that way. It, it makes it makes good sense to me. Uh, I mean, it's kind of fucked up, and it it shows just how far gone Rand is in a way. Like he doesn't trust any of these people, right? He, yeah, he's like, if I put Davram Bashir here, he might betray me. If I put Ytharalde, well, Ytharalde probably would betray him. But yeah, but you know, yeah. the point is the point is he doesn't trust anyone now, right? Yep. Um, but he's not crazy. He no, just, no, no, no. Just, yeah, don't get us wrong. He's not crazy. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't trust. Anyone, anyone. And then Rand heads back to the manor uh, through the traveling. And Luz Theron, they have a nice chat. Luz Theron agrees with Nin about breaking the seals. Yeah. But is otherwise pretty unhelpful, right? Like Rand's like, okay, cool. Can you tell me more? And Luz Theron's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as is tradition. And I, I, it makes me less confident that breaking the seals is the right path than now that Luce Theron, the crazy guy, has said that. <laughs> yeah, that's not necessarily like reassurance, right? It's yeah. like, yes, we should break the seals and then and then we can die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait, wait. I mean, you mean kill the dark one, then die. Luce Theron's like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, die. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, you're right. Not not like a huge boost of confidence right mm-hmm. there. So as, as he's settling in with men and... Yeah, having, this is tense. This whole scene, yeah, it's really well written. Well, yeah, it, it, he's like, he's he's like, you know what, men, you're right. I've been fucked up lately, and maybe I need to just like chill out a little bit, and then snap. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that. It's such a such a 
a clean moment, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the Samir Hajj was in there, disguised as a serving woman, and puts the collar on him. Yeah. Yep. I don't often say, oh, shit, when I'm reading something, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was, it was got him. an uh-huh. oh, shit moment. And then Elsa comes in to put on the second bracelet. So I guess it takes two bracelets? Is this a thing we knew about? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we knew that. That's okay. why there's two bracelets. I, yeah, I thought that sounded vaguely familiar. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. And Simraj, being Simraj, immediately begins to torture Rand. <laughs> yep. And yeah, this, the, she can use the collar to force him to do things. Uh, Min, who is great, yep. uh, manages to land another blade on Simraj. Yeah. I know. She's just like, oh, and she's always ready, right? It's like, you know, yep. al- almost gets her. Like, almost gets her. Yeah, gets her in the chin. That's pretty good, Min. Yeah. And then she starts torturing Rand. Um, but Rand realizes, wait a minute, I'm like a crazy, insane old wizard that's felt all the pain of the whole world for 3,000 years or something. Like, this doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Egwene, right? Egwene's gotten too hard to beat. Rand is too broken to torture. Yeah. He says, well, how can you pour more pain into a cup that's already overfilled? And Simraj is not okay with this. Like, she's someone who's, like, all about the reaction. And yeah. the fact that Rand is doing nothing is just, like... Like, Elsa's even like, we should get the fuck out of here, dude. And we gotta go. Yeah. And she's like, no! Get him! <laughs> yeah. And then Semiraj starts making Rand torture men, and later makes him choke men to death, apparently. Yep. And uh, at this point, Min is really lucky that he, that she burned that hand off. Yeah, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> One-handed. It's <laughs> really a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. D- Samurai saved men's life. <laughs> she kind of did. <laughs> And uh, then he snaps. And like Rand is just gone. Done. Yeah, right? yeah, no more Rand. And he, this new personality pops into place, and he starts channeling the true power. Which uh, we've heard about before. Yeah, yeah, that's that thing that Moradin is always Moradin. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And destroys the collar and Balefire, Samiraj, and Elza. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's, that, it was kind of funny that he got Elza, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like as an afterthought. And the sidekick. <laughs> Uh, so, so this was this was the point, right? Like th- this was the whole purpose. This was like this was the Dark One's plan. Uh, it wasn't about freeing Simraj. It was about getting Simraj to break Rand so that he would use the true power. Because this is how the Dark One corrupts people, right? This is how the Dark One controls Morden. So, to answer your question before, that's what the whole point of this was. It had nothing to do with Simraj to me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So to put put Rand in such extremes that he had to use the true power, which you can, we've they've said you can only do if the Dark One wants you to do it. Yeah. So the Dark One, yeah, put him put him in this position intentionally so that he would use the true power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Cat Swain shows up and she's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like oh shit. <laughs> I, I am. I'm very concerned about this new Rand because if we didn't like emo Perrin, I feel like dead Rand is going to be like no fun at all. Yeah. Yeah, Rand is like a different personality, totally icy cold. Uh, he tells men, I'm sorry, I can't be sympathetic or nice or funny ever again. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I guess, uh, f- for the record, I mean, I think we all already knew this, but this is why you don't keep Forsaken as captives, right? Indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah deal with that Forsaken right up front. They should have stilled her. Mm-hmm. They should have stilled her at the very least. Chapter 23, A Warp in the Air, Icon of the Dragon. So yeah, Cad Swain hurries to Rand's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things are not okay. Yeah, Rand is in a much less pliable state than she's seen him previously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, he immediately shows Narishma how to do Balefire and says, this is how you beat Forsaken. Do this. Mm-hmm. And Catswain is like, you can't do that. It's forbidden. And he's like, well, I'm unforbidding it. Yeah. Yep. 
And uh, he blames Cadswain for what happened. And he's, he's not right. wrong, right? Yeah, like this totally is, right. Yeah. Why the fuck did she still have that thing? Yeah, I, I mean, I know I've defended Cadswain for her intentions being good, but this was a huge fuck up. Like, Simraj escape, her access to the domination ban, all of this is Cadswain's fault. Yeah. yeah, right? Like, what? <laughs> and uh, arrogance, too. She right. was like, oh, how did they possibly get through my various protective spells I put on it? Like, doesn't and, matter. Fuck you. Yeah, Simraj. Right? Yeah. The Forsaken, and the Dark you know? One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no excuse. Yeah, she has no excuse. She just totally screwed the pooch on this. And, like, if her goal was to teach Rand to be more empathetic or whatever, she screwed the pooch on that, too. Yeah, he is he is broken. And she, she tries to bully him again and do his little thing. And... He takes a page out of Jeff's book. <laughs> absolutely. He listened to me. Yeah. And he just banishes her. He says, yeah. if, you, if I see your face again, I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he, he does this, like, really crazy air warping thing. Which I guess is that him using the true power. Or I was something? wondering, is that is that an effect of the true power? I don't I don't know if he's still using the true power or if I don't know, but but something is happening around him that uh, is you know pretty spooky. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, and it, it's it's creepy and it scares the hell out of her, which she doesn't get scared very easily. And he so says she... something pretty crazy too. Remember, like the, 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 I, I didn't write it down, but it was something like. Uh, I wonder if I could kill you without touching you or without a sword, without power, just by willing it, my tower and power. He's like, do you think that I could stop your heart just by wanting it bad enough? Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to go now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. I'm going to just go leave. Yeah, that's it's it's really creepy and disturbing to see yeah. Rand like that. And yeah. it's a secondary, but I mean, surely his relationships with the women are over, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. This, this new guy... Wouldn't be interested in that. Mm-mm. This new guy doesn't have any softness for anybody. Yeah. And uh, then he gives some orders to ready his armies, and Catswain books it. And she, she's sitting there as she's going. She's like, "Someone turned that boy I was bullying into into a, uh, a scary man. How did that happen?" Uh, huh? You You're you ineptitude, Catswain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a I have a guess. You know, <laughs> throw a, throw a hazard of guess out there. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to like. <laughs> You know, I hate Kat Swain, and, but I still don't want to give her all the blame, right? Because, you know, Samir Hodge shoulders some of the blame for this situation. Certainly. But still, like, she has no self-awareness. Kat Swain had all of the ability to prevent every aspect of this happening, right? Like, from, from end to end. And, yeah, she she put it she put it in a, put everyone in a very bad situation. Yeah, it's, it's like she thought, I, I put all these, the cleverest possible traps on that box, and I've got Samir Hodge locked up, mm-hmm. and there's no way anybody could ever possibly outsmart me. Even though she's literally in the same house with, like, a 3,000-year-old super murder wizard, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Did y'all notice the moment where Rand hesitated because he didn't? He could never kill a woman, including Semiraj? Oh, yeah. Because yep. I said, oh, for fuck's sake, and I threw the book across the room. <laughs> yeah. But then I collected it, and then, you know, he bellfired her. So, yep. yeah, Rand is definitely gone. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, I don't, yeah, I, I'm and not. It's, it's funny because the new Cold Rand seems to have access to Luz Theron's memories much more directly. You think so? Well, it seemed for the little bit we've had, he was thinking like, yeah, this is, this is, this is like that time over there. Or like, he's like remembering like he's Luz Theron and like he's Rand. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, he doesn't like remark and say, I shouldn't have that memory. Oh no. I know that Luz Theron, uh, Luce Theron knows what he did and is is not happy about it, right? He says something like, it would, would have been better if we had killed again or died or something like that than what you just did, you know, using the, the yeah, true using power. using the true power, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, we'll see, but uh, yeah. 
I, I, again, I'm, I'm concerned about the new Rand. <laughs> Might not be very much fun to read, but we'll yeah. see. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 24 through 28 of The Gathering Storm. I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, the, the light, light illumine you. you.